We just wrapped up with Coach Cody Norman from Laguna Creek High School. He's the girls' varsity basketball coach. And we had a great conversation. It was a lot of fun talking to him. He's been a huge supporter of the character Combine uh, ever since I've been involved. But during our conversation, found out that he's actually been a big supporter of the character Combine since like year two. And so he's seen all these different um, things happen through character Combine and the way the event had evolved and obviously now a podcast. So really cool uh, to talk to him about this past season, his, his team had a really, really good year, uh, made a deep run into the playoffs and has just a lot of talent on that team. But just hearing his perspective on everything from family to how, how to balance family and coaching and how to, how it's different coaching guys and girls and how he's really gravitated towards coaching female teams and, um, and even talking about the pandemic and how that's affecting the sports, uh, high school sports right now. He's, he's also a teacher at Laguna Creek High School. So he really does have an interesting perspective on all those things. And uh, just a big fan of him. Uh, he's doing a great job. With, he's done a great job with all the sports teams that he's coached since I've known him and continues to do a great job. So it's awesome to see him have the success that he's been having uh, as of recently. So he's got a lot of great things to say. And I think you guys will really enjoy this episode. See ya. Now it is time. Now it is time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Character Combine. Character Combine. Yeah, you ready? Yeah, you ready? When he goes beyond the scoreboard, the scoreboard. Coaches, coaches, I want you to have the type of voice, type of voice that your athletes will hear decades later and still recognize the leadership that you hold in their life. In their life. In their life. Get this thing, get this thing started. Welcome to the Character Combine Podcast. I'm Josh Takimoto, and today I am joined by the Laguna Creek girls basketball coach, Coach Cody Norman. What's going on, man? What's going on? Glad to be here. Yeah, we're, we're finally. I've been wanting to make this happen for a long time because you've been uh, a, a big supporter of the Combine for quite a while. And yes. I was trying to think, man, I don't know, when did you and I meet? You know what? I was trying to think about that as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't, I think it was because, you know, I was like so impressed with what the combine, I, I, I know I didn't go to the very first one, but I think I went to year two was when I first started going. Um, and I was just like, so impressed with like, it was like everything that I've been like, you know, as a coach, like you want to have available, like, you know, at times during the season or, you know, even in the off season, you're thinking about like, Oh, how do I keep my kids motivated and all this stuff. And, it was like, man, I went to the, that first combine and I was, I was floored. So, um, I think I eventually got to you is cause I had reached out to the combine. I was like, Hey, do you guys do anything where you can come out and just speak to my team? And then, uh, uh whether it was Jason Harper or yeah, whether he saw it and was like, Oh, I'm going to pass this on to Josh or whatever, yeah. but you just got, you know, sent out to me. And that's how I think I originally met you. I think you're right. It's kind of coming back to me a little bit, but I didn't realize that you had been going to the combine that, I mean, that long. I, I, I kind of assumed that when you reached out was around the time when you started going, but you had been going to the combine way before that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Nice. Um, it's always fun to talk to people who have been uh, at the combine for such a long time because you've, I mean, I didn't go until I think 2010. That was my first time okay. ever going to it. And 
just looking back at old, you know, old footage of past events and old pictures, it really transform, you know, transformed into something way different, you know, but before we obviously stopped, uh, stopped doing the event. So, um, it's always fun to have coaches or players who have been to that many combines to, you know, (laughs) kind of get your, 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 uh, your input on that too. So, uh, we're definitely glad to have you, man. We have a lot to talk about, but as you know, I, I think you've listened to the podcast before. Yes. Uh, yes we have some, have. we have some warm up questions for you. Sure. So, and I'm not going to lie to you. I forgot to write down my warm up questions. So <laughs> I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have, to have to dig deep into the uh, memory banks here. Okay. <laughs> so first question, I asked this, um, a couple of episodes ago to Victor Rodriguez. And did you ever watch that show pros versus Joe's? Yes. Okay, perfect. So, so basically, if anybody doesn't know, it's a show where amateur athletes would compete against former professional athletes, and most of the time, just get destroyed. So, if you were on that show, which former athlete would you like to compete against, and in what? I guess what event? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> of course, I want to do something that I'm good at. So, like, I would want to play, you know, basketball or something like that. But I would want to play against an athlete that doesn't play basketball, so that I have a chance. So, like, <laughs> give me a, a figure skater or something that you know, and they have to be on skates. So, I hey, that's you know, that was smart. That's very strategic. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Good call. <laughs> um, okay, so question number two: If you were on the show, The Amazing Race, I don't know if you remember that show or if you, mm-hmm. yes. you watch that show. Yes. Who would your uh, teammate be? Uh, without a doubt, it'd be my wife. Um, she, (laughs) she fills in so many gaps in my life, like whether it's a sentence or trying to figure (laughs) something out at home or whatever. Um, I know that she would be an amazing partner. So she, and she's probably more competitive than I am. Is that right? Yeah. So uh, not by much, but she definitely has a competitive nature about her that, you know, whether we're playing board games or. Um, she actually plays billiards and is, is pretty good at billiards. And so she, you know, has really? that kind of focus into it. So I would definitely have her be my, uh, my, my teammate for that, for sure. Okay. I'm just, I'm just going to say this. Cause I, I, I feel like if, if someone's calling it billiards, you know, they're serious. <laughs> <laughs> Cause like, I don't I, you think pool or something like that, but if you're saying yeah. billiards, that tells yeah. me that your wife's pretty serious about it. So does yeah, she actually, I've does had she to make compete? that switch too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And so, does she yeah. compete? Uh, she does. She she's started playing in uh in some leagues like around the Sacramento area over the really? last like, year and a half. Yeah, I mean, I think it, in my mind, she should have been playing this whole time, like for as long as I've known her. But she just started playing like in a com- competitive situation just over the last like year and a half, and she's okay. done really well. So. Okay, so, sorry. As you know, we get sidetracked on this show. Sure. This is this has definitely caught my attention. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you find out that she was a billiards player? Did you uh, learn the hard way by? Yeah, you're you're going into these uh side <laughs> side questions. Um, it was did actually you... the first the first <laughs> night I met her. It was the night that I met her. Okay. Um, I was I was with my my buddies and we went into this this pool hall and she was playing. And so, you know, I noticed her right away and she was like, just playing, playing some guy and the guy beat her. Okay. So she had like walked off and I'm like, okay, well I got to go, you know, talk to this woman. So, um, I kind of tracked her down and, you know, you get 
nervous and you say the first thing that comes out of your mind. And I said, you lost to that guy. <laughs> and I'm, I'm horrible. I'm horrible at pool. <laughs> okay. And so it's not like I had any leg to stand on, but that was the first thing that kind of came out of my, my mouth. Unfortunately, that was the worst thing that I could probably say, but fortunately she kind of, I remember she kind of like gave me a dirty look and like, didn't really talk to me. And then she kind of like came back around a couple minutes later and then we just, you know, hit it off from there. So. Nice. Nice. Did you, yeah. up, did you guys play pool and she just, or billiards and she just destroyed you? Oh yeah. Like nice. it's, I, I mean, I go out there and I, you know, I get to look cute, so to speak. And she gets to <laughs> nail every, every shot. That's awesome, man. I remember I went to, we set up a character combine booth up at Max Miller's coaching clinic for champions. Mm -hmm. And they do one in Sacramento, but they also do one in Reno and they did it at the grand Sierra resort. Okay. I I drove up there to set up the, uh, to set up, you know, our booth and all that stuff. And then someone was going to come later and and kind of man the booth, but, uh, they were actually doing a, a, a pool tournament during that time okay, yeah. and they had this like massive ballroom with just all these pool players. And it was weird because at first we were thinking that they were, there was some kind of gun show. And we saw these <laughs> long cases. Like why is sure. there dudes carrying rifles around? This is not right. Yeah, yeah. And then we realized, Oh, it's a, it's a, you know, a pool tournament and it was uh, pretty intense. So sure. um, yeah. anyways, I could go on for that for a little while. Longer, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to. <laughs> so anyways, last question, last warm up question. If, this is, this is Deb's signature question. If there's a song that's out there right now that currently exists that you would say really sums up your entire life, or maybe it just sums up how you're feeling right now about how things are, what song would you choose? We call it a life song. Yeah, I know. And I, you know, all the podcasts that I've listened to, and I've listened to almost every one of them, um, I know this question well, but like okay. everybody, like everybody, I'm stumped. Right. So I'm trying to think about this, like, man, what song? Cause I love music. So I, I'll listen to anything and, you know, kind of just depending on the day or whatever, or what I'm doing, you know, the music tastes change right. the genre. So um, I was trying to think, okay, more like, okay, what's going on? Like, you know, with the COVID and all that stuff. So um, I, I fell on this song by Blink 182 called happy days. Oh, okay. So, if you if you look it up and watch the music video, it'll like they actually did a music video, kind of like how people are spending their days on quarantine. Uh, interesting. So it, kinda, it really you know made that connection or whatever. So okay, yeah, I like it. <laughs> okay, I feel like that question. Something you said made me think of this. I feel like that question is really difficult for people who love music because yeah. there's there's too many options going through your head it's really a better question for someone who really likes music, but maybe is not in love with music. Yeah. I think it's simpler because that is a, it is a really tough question. And I don't know why Deb does that to people, but she loves it. So <laughs> it's a good one though. It, it's, it's a great question. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I'm glad you, I'm glad you listened to the podcast. So you were, you were a little bit more prepared for it because <laughs> for someone who's never listened to the podcast, they hear that question and think, Oh, I already hate you guys. And we haven't even gotten to the yeah. uh, actual yeah. interview. So <laughs> yeah, you, you were at least prepared. So, well, hey man, <laughs> you, you survived the warm up questions. Well done. Woo. Yeah. Now it's, now it's the easy part. This is all stuff about you. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, just explain to us a little bit about what your, uh, athletic and your coaching background is. Sure. Um, athletically, you know, I grew up playing primarily baseball and basketball. Um, 
did that all throughout high school, um, ended up going and graduating from Laguna Creek High School as part of their first graduating class when the school opened. Um, so I was part of that and kind of, you know, when I, when it came to the end of my senior year, I kind of saw the writing on the wall, um, knowing that, you know, my next level dreams and aspirations weren't going to totally aspire maybe as I had always dreamed, uh, being six foot and about 130 pounds soaking wet, you aren't going to get a whole lot of, uh, offers out there. And amazingly throughout high school, for the most part, I played a lot of like power forward. So I was always outmatched, always, you know, physically height, weight. I was always, um, kind of the underdog, but that's funny you say that. So I don't mean to cut you off, but like I was sure. in the same boat. So I, I tried out for basketball at Castle Ridley High School my freshman year, and I was six foot, like 145, 150. And I was the exact same thing. They had me, you know, at the four. Yeah. And I saw these monsters who were known as monsters <laughs> at our school when it came to basketball. And we, I just, I'll never forget, we had to do box out drills. Mm. And every time I landed on my butt, I'm like, what am I doing out here? I, again, my, the writing on the wall for me came much, much sooner than you. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was able to be, you know, a little bit, add some basketball IQ in there to where I could, you know, make, you know, pr- present myself in a decent manner and, you know, at least get some playing time and, you know, be out there. But um, I had none. I didn't make the team. So, <laughs> but go ahead. But, but um, so once, you know, high school had ended, I kind of knew that I wasn't necessarily going to have the opportunity to play. Although, you know, to be honest, at that time, I never really gave like junior college or like a D2 or D3, you know, like I never really took that as like, wow, those are options out there to, to try. And so now, nowadays, it's like, if I can get a kid anywhere, yeah, Yeah. at least try it out. You can always, you know, quit later or, you know, after the season, but at least you have that opportunity to, to possibly extend it instead of just thinking, oh, I'm not getting a D1 scholarship to where, Right, for sure. You know, where I can't play. So, anyways, um, I was lucky enough to where at the end of my senior year or right after my senior season, my basketball coach at the time, Cecil Duke, had asked me, he was like, hey, if, if you're ever interested in coming back and coach to coach, I would love to have you on the staff. And this was like in March. And I was like, uh, you know, there's, I hadn't really thought about coaching. I had some coaches before kind of like mention it to me, but, hmm. um, you know, sure enough, it was probably the second week of June. I had just graduated maybe the first week of June and I was back in the gym at Laguna Creek on the vars- coaching varsity as an assistant coach, but, you know, coaching, you know, my previous, uh, a lot of my previous um, teammates. Yeah. So um, that kind of got my foot in the door and I just absolutely loved it. So um, to make the long story short, I just finished my 23rd season of coaching high school basketball. Um, 15 of those years were on the boys' side, the last eight years on the girls' side. Um, 15 of those 23 were at Laguna Creek, so I had a little eight-year gap in between where I coached at other schools. And 13 of those years were as a varsity head coach. So um, I guess you could say I've been around. Yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Man, that's um, that's pretty cool. So, just within your your coaching background, I do have a couple of questions. Uh, first, what was it like to graduate, be the first graduating class of a school, mm-hmm. and then now be coaching at that school? It's got to be kind of a cool feeling, right? Yeah, you know, and I get that asked a lot. Um, 
now that I'm also teaching at my alma mater, like people are like, why are you coming back? Like, you know, at the time I probably, I mean, I was one of those kids who actually liked the school that I was going to and like, liked the community that was around at Laguna Creek. And so I knew, you know, obviously coming back to coach, um, you know, right away, I knew that I was, I was going to be in town anyways. And I, I loved the game. So I was just going to try it out. Um, and so also kind of knowing the players already having um, relationships with a lot of the players already, I think helped ease that transition. Cause sometimes, you know, if you, sometimes when I would go to a new school and it's my first day, either as a teacher or as a coach, right. you know, you kind of, you're a little bit scared because you don't sure. know kids <laughs> and they don't know you. So, right. you know, you got to build those things, but I'd already, you know, built a lot of relationships early on. So that was definitely a, a positive thing. Uh, coming back to Laguna right after I had graduated. Yeah. And was that, I'm always interested in this too. Was it difficult to make that transition to coaching so quickly after you graduated? Because I know that uh, that can become a difficult thing because like you mentioned, you are coaching guys that you might've been competing with for a position or you were practicing with or friends of yours. And I know that there's, there is that interpersonal dynamic that can make, make it really tricky. But for you, what was that experience like? Um, you know, like I said, uh, it kind of felt like I had maybe even been being groomed at the time. Now that I look back at it, I remember um, I had a different coach, Todd Bannister, from my sophomore and junior seasons. And I remember like on like we would have, you know, like a tournament down in Fresno. So we would be, you know, staying in a hotel overnight and he would like pull me away from the team, him and the other assistant coaches and like pick my ear about like, hey, what do you think's going on? what do you think is working? What do you think isn't working? So at the time I'm thinking, I, I probably didn't give like great insight, but you know, they were asking me, maybe they saw it in me like, Hey, you know, Cody sees the game more like as a coach than a player. Um, Interesting. And then I remember one time in particular, my junior year, we were doing like a scrimmage in, in practice and it was, you know, five on five and the coaches were refing. Yeah. And so we had the ball like with, you know, 10 seconds left or whatever. And I called a timeout and I was drawing up a play for my teammates to run. And my, the assistant coach came by. I was like, well, you know, like what, why, why am I even here? You know, Co- <laughs> Cody can have my job. So that's awesome. Um, I think kind of going through, you know, my sophomore, junior and senior year at Laguna, my teammates already kind of saw me maybe on that kind of, coach level and then also you know like being a captain and stuff I was already kind of in a leadership position so um the transition wasn't I think as hard as it is for maybe somebody who's just totally brand new to the game that actually makes a lot of sense I don't know if anybody's ever shared that before well maybe maybe one other person kind of had similar thoughts about it really depends on what your status was on the team that you're going back to so if you were one of the leaders or one of the better players or if they looked at you a certain way then the, that transition would make a lot more sense because they already have that level of respect for you. Yeah. And so, but if you were someone that maybe didn't play as well or didn't have a great standing on the team, maybe, which would be yeah. weird, which would be weird to bring yeah. you back. But <laughs> if that Definitely. was the case, then yeah, it might be tougher to get their respect because they have too many memories of you. Sure. From, from the playing days. The bench, yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> it's like, Oh, cool. Well, you have an interesting perspective from the bench, but uh, that's not going to help us yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So I was, I was just, I was looking over the sports star magazine uh, article they did on you guys this past year. It was pretty cool because um, 
I forgot it was a couple years ago, but we realized that we had a, you have a player on your team. That's mm. actually the niece of one of my best friends, um, yeah. or, or Ray young. Yes. And turns out she's also a monster when yes. it comes to the game. <laughs> uh, funny story. Just, I, like I said, uh, his name is, I call him junior. It's one of my best friends is her. It's her uncle. And, uh, I remember like years and years ago, they invited me to play, um, like touch, not touch, but like sand rugby with them. The dumbest thing I've ever done. They're all <laughs> these like giant Fijian guys. Yeah. And, you know, again, I'm I, even, even at that point, I was like 180 pounds, six foot, not anything close to these, these monsters yeah. that were trying to tackle me. And I played one time and they're like, you want to come out again? I'm like, absolutely not. Not going to happen. <laughs> thanks. Thanks though, guys. But, um, it was funny when we made that realization Yeah. Uh, that you had her on the team. And so, that being said, she's definitely all the articles I've seen about her um, and some of your other young players um, is a big reason why you guys had so much success this last season. You guys made an incredible run and, and playoff run and all that. Um, but, and we talked about this off air, the cool thing about your perspective is that since I've known you, you've kind of had some up and down years. And more recently you had some, I would say, you know, struggle seasons, right? Sure. Um, and so you have a really unique perspective, I think, because you've always stayed super positive through those things. And you always, you know, it didn't seem like you ever lost your passion for coaching during those times. And then to see you guys have such incredible success like last season is really cool for a coach that's really maintained loyalty to the game and loyalty to, um, you know, your, your, your student athletes. So, you know, it's kind of a big question, but like, take me through what that process is like when you're going through rough times. And then when you eventually kind of find those better mm -hmm. moments, like what, it's gotta be just a, like a whirlwind for you. Sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely different. Um, and I, I don't know what the quote is by John Wooden, but he, you know, he said something along the lines of like, you've got to have the players to win. Um, sure. You know, I, I could sit here and, you know, be the best coach <laughs> and I've been, I've been in situations where the players that I, you know, made a team from, you know, just didn't have a whole lot of experience. And so that's when those, those rough seasons happen. Um, and, you know, coaching over 23 years, you, you get that, that array of, of different teams. Um, I think winning, obviously, you know, obviously winning is going to, cure all problems. Um, luckily for me, when I first started coaching, we won a lot. So, you know, I think had I started off coaching and we were, you know, five and 20 every year, I may not be coaching anymore. Right. I may not have all that much fun. So obviously, you know, that, that helped. Um, but when it came to like those, those tough seasons or like trying to get, you know, kids motivated, whether it was on the boy side or the girl side to, you know, buy in or like not want to quit or, you know, things like that. Um, it kind of makes me think of just like, like a farmer, you know, you plant a seed and you hope that the predictions are right, that you're going to have a good rainy season and that, you know, that crop is going to, you know, blossom and, and whatever it may be. But um, you're going to have some seasons where you have a drought or, you know, you don't have the rain or for whatever reason you didn't have the right soil or whatever it may be there's so many factors that go into that part that I know nothing about, but um, there's also a lot of factors that go into a season, you know, and each one of these kids, these student athletes that you have, they're all bringing something into that gym, whether it's a positive or negative and it can change day to day. So that can totally just change whether you're on a great team and you can rely on the talent that you have 
or whether you're on a struggling team and, you know, you're just really working on the basics. Um, the biggest thing is like not giving up, you know? So going back to that farmer thing, it's like, if I plant that seed and like, Oh, well it's, you know, I don't have any plants and I'm done. You don't know if it's going to happen, you know, the next game, so to speak, or the next year, the next season. So, um, <laughs> I guess patience to a fault in a sense is, is important because it allows you to kind of get through some of those choppy waters. Um, you know, when, when you have those down seasons and, you know, to have that positivity, I guess that I'm, that I'm alluding to my team is just, there's so much that you can learn from, I'm sure any sport, any, any team concept that you can apply to life. Um, and that I'm learning from my student athletes, just how they see life. Um, that that's what makes it all worthwhile. So when I can be there, whether it's at practice or, you know, at a game, I want to give them my best self so that, you know, even if we lose this game by 50 or we win by 50, you know, we're going to kind of put our best foot forward. So I think kind of, you know, just patience and not giving up are two kind of keys to kind of get through a rough season. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. I love that farm analogy too, because it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, it, it would be easy just to give up when you're not seeing the results that you're hoping for and to say, well, I guess I'm done being a farmer, but then yeah. you would probably be a bad farmer, right? Cause you're not yeah. really, you're not really built for it. So I think that's something that a lot of coaches have in them is that hopefully they have in them is that they're, um, they're just too determined and too, they want to see that success too badly where they're willing just to give up at the, at the slightest negative issue. So, sure. um, so now that being said, how much fun was last season? Uh, yeah, last season was, <laughs> was big. Um, actually, you know, the, the progression or the change happened two years ago. So like Array and her, the group that she's with are going to be juniors. So their freshman year, Yeah, we started five freshmen. So we had seven freshmen on a varsity team. Um, and and a lot of that kind of goes into the team that was there the year before, which was one of the rough seasons. Um, I remember in summer league, I was struggling to get five players throughout the whole program. Hmm. So, you know, it's just kind of one of those, you know, crazy situations where you're, you know, you're really fighting to get bodies on the floor. Um and then we had like a tremendous uh, freshman class that came in two years ago now. Um, and, you know, we saw it definitely on the basketball court, but we could see it kind of throughout the school, both, you know, football, spring sports, academically. And I think it's just because um, like Laguna Creek is an IB school or the only IB school in the Elk Grove Unified School District. And the academies that we have on campus, I think that like, started to like, Oh, you know what? There's a lot of, you know, shiny rocks over there. Let me check out this Laguna Creek high school. And so like kids who would normally transfer to go to a different school in the district or maybe someplace else in Sacramento stayed at their home school of Laguna Creek. And we started kind of attracting other kids from, you know, wherever in Elk Grove or surrounding areas that wanted to come to Laguna. So now uh, two years ago, we we definitely made a splash with you know just being so young and starting so many young players um i'm trying to remember what our record was but you know it was definitely like a a 180 turnaround sure 
Um, so it really started two years ago. And then this year we, you know, myself and my coaching staff, we had kind of like set these kind of like, you know, ladder goals of where we want to be through these four years. And this, this last year's team really kind of surpassed some goals that we had for the next two years. Wow. So, um, you know, when, when it gets to be like that, you know, you, you can't really complain. And we had like a lot tougher schedule this year. Um, a big thing for us was beating McClatchy, which is basically the powerhouse, not only in our league, but in, in the Sacramento area. So that was big for us. And, right. um, we could have beat them twice, but, uh, you know, I will definitely fall on the sword for this one. The second time we played them at their place, uh, we had the ball, we got the ball off of a missed free throw. We're down by one with like four seconds left. My point guard gets the ball. She's dribbling up and I'm like, I got to call timeout. Like, you know, she's just going to heat. Like we aren't going to get a shot off. So I'm yelling at the ref timeout, timeout. And the ref kind of takes about two seconds to turn around and, call the timeout but as that's going my point guard zoe is dribbling the ball chucks it from half court and nails it oh Doesn't no count. oh Doesn't no count. oh no they call the timeout they award me the timeout and we set up a play and we don't get a shot off so could have been two wins but you know that's why oh, no. i guess <laughs> that one uh that would hurt me coach that <laughs> Yeah, that was tough. That was tough, and especially just, I mean, McClatchy is already a, a tough place to play in. I mean, they've got that ambiance and just an awesome uh, program. Right. So um, to, have that, <laughs> to have that taken away, I still kind of wore that one on my shoulder a little bit. Well, but, hey, man, I appreciate you sharing that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, I mean, leaps and bounds, you know, from where we were two years ago. Sure. And just um, – you know, kind of going back to what Coach Wooden had said in that quote that I'm misrepresenting, but you got to have the players. And so we just kind of had this, a good group of freshmen that came in that were, that had experience playing a lot of freshmen that you get like, oh, I played one year in sixth grade or, you know, but some of these girls had, you know, played. And then obviously you have girls like Array who has kind of like the, the maturity physically to kind of make her presence known even at, at, a, at a younger age. Yeah. Um, so you had mentioned that you, you've coached both guys and girls. Mm -hmm. Uh, what's the, what's the, what's the biggest difference from your experience? Uh, yeah, boys and girls. So coaching boys, they're definitely competitive in everything and it could be on the court or off the court. They're going to be competitive (laughs) with their teammates. They're going to be competitive, you know, with the, obviously with the other team. And so, that's really, I mean, that nonstop competitiveness is, is always important. Um, on the girls' side, I would say, and it's funny, leading up to becoming a girls' coach, I had always said there's no way in the world I will ever coach girls. Yeah. I, just, I just thought their game was totally different. I was like, there's no way. And um, the year before I took my first girls' job at Manteca High School, um, I was actually at a character combine talking to one of my former assistant coaches when I was coaching boys at Florin and he was telling me, he's like, Cody, you got to coach girls. You got to coach girls. I think you'd do great. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no way. There's, there's no way, man. You'll never see me. And then, you know, eight months later, I'm picking up a girl's job at Manteca. So um, on the girl side, they, they definitely like listen more. 
Um, and I think they listen more to like that attention to detail. Yeah. And uh, there's that trust. Like once you get their trust, they will like trust you. There's no like, Oh, coach doesn't like me or whatever. Like it's, it's there. Um, and surprisingly, you know, I, I'd almost think like their basketball IQ, if they are listening, <laughs> um, is higher. Uh, I, okay. I remember my first year at Manteca. Um, it was our first league game. We were, lo- we were losing to a team that we probably shouldn't have lost to. And we're down uh, kind of a similar situation. We're down. My point guard gets it up to our best shooter wide open at the three point line. And I'm yelling, and I'm like two feet behind her, just yelling at her, shoot it, shoot it. And she sees her teammates streaking down the middle of the floor to get the rebound. And she fires a pass to her, and the girl has a wide open layup and makes the shot at the buzzer, and we win. Okay. So, like, that was definitely, you know, I'm sitting there yelling at her to shoot it, <laughs> even though I think she probably would have yeah. made it. Yeah. But, you know, it's a lot better shot to get that layup. Sure. Than the three point shot. So that's just an example of, I mean, not to say that on the boys teams that I coached, we didn't have smart players and, you know, they didn't make great plays, but I think kind of overall it's, it's amazing how competitive and how high the basketball IQ is even on the girl side. Oh yeah, for sure. Now, did it take, did it take a while to make that transition? So that first job you took at Manteca, was it a, Um, it was a long process or did you pick it up pretty quickly? I, I feel like I picked it up pretty quickly, but I will give the credit to the girls. So I took over a team that had won back-to-back league titles. Oh. And they had, like, a good core that came back for their senior year. So already there was, like, pressure. I'm like, oh, great, you know. Yeah. Like, everyone's expecting us to, to win. And then it didn't hurt that we got a transfer, uh, a 6-3 foot transfer who averaged 20 and 20 a game. We got Jeez. a full ride to Cal. Um, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Courtney Rain. So it didn't hurt that I that I got her as well. So yeah. we ended up going undefeated in league and and whatnot. But um, so again, kind of going back to that previous question, winning early on definitely helps that transition a whole right. lot better. I think if we had, you know, if it was a different story, then who knows if I would be back on the boys' side or whatever. So, um, and and it's funny, I will get a lot of girls who. You know, and I think it's early on in the season when when I'm still kind of feeling them out as far as like how can I coach this girl or how can I coach this team. I'll have girls that will come up to me and be like, hey, you need to coach us like we're boys. Like stop holding back. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah. So like because I would always kind of be like, okay, I don't want to be, you know, too abrupt to where they're like, oh, I'm not going to play this game anymore. Like that coach is a jerk. Yeah. So, I, you know, I'd always kind of start off a little bit – um I guess you could say less um, intense okay, and then kind of warm up to that. So, um, but I think I've kind of done that every year. I don't think there's been a whole lot of changes that I've done from year one to year 23. Maybe I, I think I yell at the refs, unfortunately, a little bit more and am up yelling a lot more than I did my first couple of years. But um, I think, I think the transition to the girl side, um, wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. And then now coaching girls, I don't think I'll ever go back to coaching boys. I feel like a lot of people say that. I feel like there's a lot of coaches, male, especially male coaches that, you know, coach um, Mm -hmm. boys for a while and then switch over. They say, I'm not going back. This is kind of of it. Yeah. (laughs) 
So, and you know, I feel, I just seem like, it seems like that's kind of the consensus for a lot of coaches that, that make that transition. Um, so there must be some truth to it for sure. Yes. It's, it's a better experience <laughs> for some people. Um, let's switch gears completely. Who's your favorite basketball player past and present? I have a pretty good idea who it is in the past. Yeah. So past is definitely Jordan, Michael I Jordan. Yeah. Um, if you went into my garage right now, I've kind of remade what my room looked like when I was growing up. So I've got, I just kept everything from when I was younger. So I've got posters, Wheaties boxes, you know, basketball cards, everything Jordan. It's just yeah. like the Jordan shrine in my right. in my garage. And I also have kind of like a corner in my classroom where I just have a bunch of um, like I kept like Sports Illustrated that he was on the cover of. So I've got kind of like a little Jordan corner in my classroom as well. So definitely Michael Jordan. I mean, I, I came from the Chicago area before I moved out here to uh, the Elk Grove, Sacramento area. So um, I that it was easy to keep those Chicago ties Yeah. Um, when you've got, you know, Michael Jordan on the team and you can keep rooting for him. That's um, pretty good. <laughs> wasn't so much fun with the Cubs until recently. Um, and then when I moved out here, the Bears were getting their butts kicked by the Niners. So at that yeah. time, it was not fun to be those other sports, but I could always hang my hat on being a Jordan fan. So um, definitely Michael Jordan, that's just without a doubt. Uh, presently, it's kind of funny as I've gotten older, you know, obviously Jordan was so dominant and, you know, people looked at his scoring ability and, uh, but I think like my favorite year to watch of Jordan was in 89 when he played like a lot of point guard. Sure. And I just, I love like, even when I played being a <laughs> power forward, if you want to call it that, yeah. um, I love to pass the ball. Like if I could find somebody who was open, you know, just kind of having that point guard mentality. Um, so I like to watch point guards more so than like any other position, but in today's game in the NBA, point guards are scores too. So, um, you know, obviously LeBron James is like an amazing athlete and he Mm -hmm. does it all, um, very much like Jordan did, although I won't give him, you know, that upper notch. And then, uh, I was even going to go there. (laughs) And then, uh, like, even, like, a young guy like uh, Ja Morant from the Grizzlies, uh, he's, you know, definitely more of a scorer, but he, you know, the games that I've seen him play, both in college and and the NBA, he does look to pass first a lot as well. So I I like watching those players more, even though, you know, it's not as flashy sometimes. Sure. Kind of like that basketball IQ kind of pulls out from, from those players. Yeah. I want to go back just a little bit too, because uh, I, I was curious where the Chicago, because I know you're a big Cubs fan and, and Bulls mm-hmm. fan and Bears fan. And I, I figured you were probably from there or you had family that was from there. Yeah. And I do remember one of the times you asked me to speak to your class. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was your leadership class, maybe. And we had scheduled this quite a few months ahead of time. And then as uh, it was approaching, it wasn't too long after the Cubs in 16 beat the Giants yeah. in the division series. Okay. And I'm like, I don't want to speak to this dude's class this year. <laughs> like, I got to do it, though. It's character combo. I got to go. Yeah, it was funny. But I'm like, this, this might be a rough one because I know. And sure enough, when I watch your class, you have like all this Cubs stuff. I'm like, man, yeah. this, is, this is tough. Yeah. <laughs> you can't complain too much. But um, that was a, fu- a fun season for you guys to watch, though, for sure, the Cubs. Because yes, it's one of those things like just me not being, you know, me being a baseball fan but not being a Cubs fan. You're like, you just wonder if it was ever going to happen. And you, yes. you more so. You know, yeah. 
basically your entire life are like, is this yes. ever going to happen? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure Knicks fans feel very similar. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, they're in, I think they're in a much worse, much yeah. worse situation. Um, very true. How did you, did you watch the last dance? Of course. Yeah. I had a feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Even for some people who don't have, who didn't have, you know, the, the means to do it, whether they didn't have cable or whatever, someone yeah. like you, I'm like, even if you didn't, you're gonna, you're gonna find a way. You're gonna like pirate some yeah. streaming service no, no, or no, something. I, I, I watched it. Um, it's funny. Like I was I, the only critique that I had for it was that it was so Jordan based. Like for me, it was like okay, I know so much about Jordan already, right? A fan that I was like okay. I mean, there was definitely a lot of the stuff that I didn't know, but sure. I was hoping that it was gonna take more of like a whole team. Like there would be more stuff on Luke Longley and. Bill right. Wennington and, you know, some of those guys that you, Judd Bushler that you never heard of before. Right. Um, but they, you know, is was, was definitely, you know, Jordan base, which of course is, you know, he, he gets to have that because he's that it's kind, of, kind of a big deal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I loved it. Um, and yeah, there's, I think there's some things that they definitely could have done differently or things I wasn't expecting. Like somebody made the point about the whole, all the Rodman stuff, the Rodman mm-hmm. episode. It wasn't, yeah. I feel like that was the one episode where you kind of put your hands up and say, <laughs> I don't think that this, nothing's new here. Yeah. You didn't really yeah. hear too much that was different than what, you know, everything you had heard before. But, uh, no, it was a, it was a fun, you know, I'm not, I don't really watch that many documentaries, but mm-hmm. my wife and I were both glued to that one. That yeah. was definitely appointment watching every single week. Sure. And so I imagine for, for yourself, I thought, Oh yeah, coach Norman's going to love this. <laughs> love this. <laughs> Yeah, because like you said, even even you being a, a diehard Bulls fan and a diehard Michael Jordan fan, there's mm-hmm. still stuff in that documentary that people that love the game of basketball still, you know, were sure. in awe. Of. It's like it, yeah. it just reminds you too of what that was like, you know. Yeah. And, and people have, you know, obviously, you know, they have the debate of LeBron versus Jordan, and it's it just reminds you. It's it, there. There was something completely. I mean, there's something special about LeBron too, but there was just something different about Jordan. Um, yeah. I think whatever side of that argument you fall, I, it's hard to deny at least that like there was just something different. And sure. I, and I think, you know, even like social media plays into that because now like yeah. you can go on LeBron's, you know, Instagram, whatever, and get some of that like personal behind right. the scenes, what he's saying or doing with his family or, you know, in the locker room, whatever it may be. But like to see, you know, Jordan with his security guys, you know, kind of in that back room, right. like I would, you know, that is something that I never knew. Right. You know, it was like, that was like pretty cool to see that kind of background footage. Yeah. And it's really interesting that you say that too, because I've thought before is you hear a lot of people talk about that, how, you know, guys, now you have this instant access basically into what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And after watching the documentary, I'm really glad that social media wasn't around back then. Because (laughs) I think, yeah, it would have been a little, uh, yeah. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. He, he still would have had like two, 2 million followers, but it would have been problematic yeah. for the team. So <laughs> more yeah. problematic, I guess. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> let me ask you this. You're pretty like, obviously we follow each other on social media and I see that you place a, a really high value on family. You also place a really high value on coaching and you seem to kind of keep your kids involved with the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine that's an intentional choice. And so I guess my question is how do you balance life, you know, family, all that stuff, your job with coaching? Because I, I can imagine if you're passionate about coaching, which many of you coaches are, it could be easy to get wrapped up in the game and then 
other areas of your life kind of get pushed off to the side, but you seem to have found a pretty solid balance. So I'm just interested in your thoughts on that. Um, you marry well. Yeah, yeah. There you <laughs> uh, go. <laughs> my, my wife is awesome. Uh, she, you know, again, like I said earlier, she just fills in a lot of those gaps, but, um, I think one thing that I've learned through this whole quarantine and COVID-19 process is seeing what she does on a day-to-day basis of just, you know, whether it's feeding the kids or putting them down, like I'd have a away games or a game night and I'm not going to get home in time to put the kids to down for bed. Uh, you know, I struggle with just putting one down. How yeah. is she putting down all three? Um, so yeah, I mean, I definitely would give a lot of, a lot of props to my wife for, for just all that she does in the background. And I think that, I think a lot of coaches could probably say, you know, and and echo the same thing, um, as far as, you know, that keeping balancing that, that, that work life or that coaching life to what's at home. Um, another thing, like just, um, having good assistant coaches, I've been blessed with having like really phenomenal people by my side um, to where now that I have kids, Hey, if I feel like I need to leave the last 30 minutes of practice, or I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to be at practice today. I can trust these people that have been around me. So, uh, you know, like right now, my, my right-hand man, coach BT, he's, he's like, we, (laughs) we, we, we finish each other's sentences a lot. It's, it's kind of funny, nice. um, but like, I know that I can leave the gym and not have to worry. So again, trust kind of comes into place. And, and I was lucky enough to have really good assistant coaches at every school that I've been at uh, with every team. Um, but now that I have kids and that's primarily been while I've been at Laguna coaching girls, um, having good assistant coaches, like there's a lot of, it, you know, I would hope that in the future, you know, maybe a show idea is that you, you pull an assistant coach or get assistant coaches on here too, because yeah. I've lived that life and they, you know, they also have like a lot of important stuff to, you know, pass along and, and good knowledge. Um, it's a great idea. But having good assistant coaches. So I have good assistant coaches on the court. I've got an awesome assistant coach at home and my wife. Yeah. Um, and then kind of also I've, since having kids definitely is kind of like leaving basketball at the gym. So whether it's a great win or a tough loss, when I come home, usually my wife will be, you know, happy to see me. And I try not to have like, you know, either a really happy face or a really sad face, you know, depending on the outcome of the game. Sure. She'll always ask, you know, Hey, how'd it go? And I, you know, I can tell her, but um, even like, I remember like, always like watching game film. Oh, I got to break down the film and stuff. I try to keep that, whether it's at school or at least definitely, you know, once my, my kids are asleep and stuff so that I can give them my full attention. I don't ever want to deny, you know, my daughter or my son. Cause like <laughs> there's a funny clip by uh, Kevin Hart. I think when he was on SNL a few years back where he's talking about like, Oh, when he drives, <laughs> when he drives home, he can see his kids like looking through the blinds, like, Oh, here comes daddy, here comes daddy. And then as soon as he walks in, you know, they're jumping on him. I'm sure every dad goes through that same thing. And so I don't want to like, Oh, don't talk to me because you know, we just lost a tough game or yeah. whatever. So I'm always trying to uh, make sure that, that my kids feel important, yeah, um, that they're heard and stuff. And so that's also why um I bring them to practice and I bring them to the games, you know, when I can. Um, 
because what I, you know, my, the girls that I coach now, especially, but they're, you know, coach, that's another difference between girls and boys teams is that girls will be a lot more um, socially ready to deal with little kids that are coming up sure. and like, you know, staring at them weird. That makes the, sense. You know, if I was coaching boys, they would just be like, you know, <laughs> I don't know what they would do, but. Well, that's, um, a, that's part of the problem. I've, I've been in those, uh, when I was playing baseball in high school, those dugouts, I don't know if you really want your kids yeah, to dug out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that, <laughs> yeah. that's another thing. So yeah. um, being able to bring my kids to practice and stuff. And again, kind of going back to my assistant coaches, I can like, okay, my son needs to go use the restroom. I can leave the gym in the middle of this drill that I'm teaching to be able right. to, to go take care of my son and then come back. And like some people might be like, well, it sounds like you're not all that focused on your team, but the, the girls know, the, you know, my current teams, they, they know, hey, these girls are their family, just like I look at you as family, as a member of this team. Now you're going to see me. And I think it's important that, you know, they see that side of me as well, that I'm not just Coach Norman, but they also see me as, as a dad as well. Right. And I think that's a testament to the culture that you've created too, because I think if you left for – five minutes for a restroom break with your your son or a, a day or a whole practice because of something that's going on with your family if the whole thing fell apart simply because you as an individual were not there then I think that does speak negatively to the kind of culture that you've created because it it would almost seem as though it's all about you right and yeah if, co if coach isn't there then this whole thing falls apart and we can't function whereas what you're saying I think is really important because you, you have a system in place. Your, your athletes know what they need to do. Your coaches, your assistant coaches know what you're thinking or how you would run things. And so you don't miss a beat. And that's, I think the most, I think the most successful teams have that kind of culture in place. So I think that's really mm -hmm. smart. And I like what you said too, it would be good to get uh, an assistant coach on here, especially if they've spent a lot of time doing assistant coaching. Cause there's yeah. some people out there and you know, this. there's some coaches out there that have no desire to be a head coach. Yeah. They, they love living in the space of being an assistant coach for yeah. prior reasons that you think about sometimes <laughs> you're like, you know what, man, I wish I was an assistant coach today. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. But uh, no, that's, that's really good. I like that a lot. I was, it made me laugh. The Kevin Hart thing you mentioned made me laugh too, because it reminded me of uh, something that Dave Chappelle said in one of his specials a little while ago, basically talking about how when your kids are little, they want, they're, you know, doing that thing, looking through the windows, trying to see when dad's going to come home. And as they get older, it's kind of like, oh, look at it. Look at this. Mr. Promises back from the road. He's <laughs> <laughs> take, taking shots at you for missing yeah. things. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I also want to say too, man, uh, and I don't want this to be offensive. I don't know how you don't, you aren't like just like a massive, massive man because the way your wife, the, the pictures you <laughs> post of your wife's food, I don't know if you've ever posted the same picture twice. Like, have you ever posted yeah. the same meal? Like Again. twice ever? <laughs> Again, you marry well. I've I've been blessed. So the first year that I dated my wife, I gained yeah. thirty pounds. Okay, so it has happened. So it has happened. Yes, and okay. I got I got bit, and and amazingly, like I'm I'm actually like you know obviously working hard and trying to eat smarter yeah. and portion control, which is important. But sure. um, you know, trying to turn that around and kind of get back more to my original original weight when I first met her, but you know, yeah. it's only 15 years who, who's counting. Right. Right. But, right. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Oh yeah. She's, she's, she can cook anything. Like I could literally just say, Hey, I want to try this. And 
and fortunately, unfortunately for her, she has introduced me to so many foods yeah. that I would have never even thought of trying or like thought of like, you, you know, you, you're putting lemon in there. Like why? Like I would have never. Right. And so just, I mean, that's a whole nother ball game too, as far as like being a, a chef or a cook, like the amount of like preparation that you have to do in your head and make sure that you have all the ingredients and Oh, for sure. It's nuts. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. So basically like a normal night for you would be like, Hey, she has this amazing dinner prepped. And then she's like, all right, I'll see you a little bit. I'm gonna go destroy someone in billiards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah she, she just does it all. That's awesome, man. No, it's just, I just remember seeing the pictures. I've even showed my wife. I'm like, I'm like you, cause you've met my wife before a couple of yeah. times. And I'm like, you remember coach Norman? She's like, Oh yeah. I'll go to Creek. I'm like, look at this dude's eating. I don't know. <laughs> It's well, like, hey, you posted some good stuff too, though. Yeah, like, I appreciate that. Not on the same level, though. Because <laughs> here's the thing. like, I, My stuff tastes pretty good, but your, stuff, your wife's stuff looks like it tastes amazing. And it looks like – sometimes I'm like, I don't know if this dude's telling the truth. I feel like he's taking things <laughs> out of a ma- out Well, of a ma- you'll have to come by. I'll, I'll, bring you, I'll bring you some food next time. There, well, if I remember correctly, you've even hooked up your team before. Or your wife's oh, hooked yeah. up your team before. So, yeah, so like two years ago, uh, this last year, my wife didn't cook as much because she was pregnant most of the time or – we had just had uh, Wrigley, but um, the year before she had cooked for the team. It was 10 times and we were 10 and 0. Wow. So I was like, man, you know, do I keep, <laughs> do I keep asking her to cook? And, and that was another thing. I never really had to ask her to cook. Like, Hey, do you think you could cook for the team? Uh, she would just always be offering to do it. So that's awesome. Cool. Well, it sounds like you guys make a, a, a solid, a solid <laughs> pair. So keep it up, man. <laughs> So I, I hate to, I, I mean, I'm enjoying this conversation. So I hate to, um, I hate to turn it this direction, <laughs> but um, I, we can't really avoid it. Right. Like at this point we've, we're about four, almost five months into this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously you being a teacher and a coach, uh, the majority of our audience are coaches. Sure. Uh, well, man, what do you, what do you think is, what do you think is going to happen with this upcoming school year? I mean, I'm not asking you to make a prediction, but yeah. Um, I mean, I know you're probably just in the midst of it. Like it's, this is supposed to be summer break for you and it probably doesn't even feel like it, right? It's more preparation for this upcoming school year. And then hopefully fingers crossed, you know, when winter comes around, you're playing another season, but everything, it seems like everything we see makes it seem like it's bleak. It's going to be pushed back or possibly. Yeah. um, What do you think? Yeah. I mean like selfishly, of course, you know, like, like we've been talking about, um, I've got, basically my entire team returning. Yeah. And so like, there's a lot of high expectations for us to do well. And it's like, I want to, I want us to be able to get out there on the court and compete. Um, but you know, obviously health and safety, you know, is right. way more important, right. not just for my team, but for everybody. And so, um, you know, I don't really have predictions, you know, like uh, my school district had kind of like said, okay, Hey, we're going to have these, you know, specifications where you can get back with your team and start conditioning. But, um, you know, nobody has taken a step forward with that because now the second wave has kind of come through and, um, you know, like with the junior colleges just recently kind of postponing everything, you know, it's, I can only, you know, hope and pray that we have something, even if it's just, you know, usually we have a 20 game 28 game contact season, even if it's just league, Hey, you guys are going to play league for, you know, the three or four weeks to get your league games in. Right. And then maybe there's like a, more of like a, um, 
you know, smaller playoff, or maybe there isn't a playoff at all. Maybe it's just, you know, you just have the league competition. Um, I'm hoping that that could happen. You know, I don't think, you know, I, I, I honestly don't think it's going to happen, you know, at the normal start time. Right. There's going to be some kind of delay. So hopefully it can happen this, this school year. But again, obviously um, the safety and, you know, just well-being of everybody is important. Right. right. Well, it's a huge bummer, especially with, from everything I've read about your current team and everything that you've said, you do have some players that are entering really important years in their playing careers where colleges, like you said, colleges are looking at athletes at that, at that, you know, year of their career. Mm -hmm. And so it's gotta be really stressful for some of those players too, where obviously going into this season, you guys had all success, you know, Mm -hmm. going, making the playoff run and, and feeling really good about everything moving forward. And then all of a sudden, I mean, you guys, you guys had lost your last game right before everything went down, right? Yeah. Basically it had like, we lost our game on a Tuesday and then our school district shut down that Saturday. That's what it was. So you guys basically just, you know, yeah, I wasn't even like coming out of the cloud of basketball season yet. Exactly. And so you kind of go from that high to all of a sudden Mm -hmm. now these athletes who were, you know, putting everything into last season, now look forward and think, I don't know what yeah. this is going to look like. And that's got to be a really tough thing. So as a coach and as a leader, I'm sure you're in constant communication with your athletes and your teams and their families. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to even say, like, how do you, how do you kind of guide Another them day. through that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, obviously kind of going back to, you know, the, the positivity thing, you know, you just try and keep things as positive as possible. I think, you know, looking at it, there's, there's definitely from a, head coaching perspective and I know the other head coaches that are out there know and feel this but like we're hurting fundraising wise like there's a lot of stuff that we would have done from March to right now that would have been kind of like the bulk of our fundraising that you know we we don't have at all now right right um and then the other part um kind of on a you know hopefully a positive note is that I think hopefully the students and, you know, you're kind of talking about how we have a a few girls that, you know, these are important years, these next two years um, that they can use social media to their advantage. And like, even if it's just, Hey, I'm going to film myself doing these drills. I'm going to film myself shooting these shots, whatever. Right. Coaches, you know, schools, whatever are going to be able to see that. And okay. Yeah, I did. You know, I'm gonna have to go back and look at last year's game film to see them in an actual game. But I can see that they're still working on their game. They're still, you know, okay, that's it. If you're a coach, you know, you, you know, that's a good jump shot, whether it's in a game or whether it's, you know, with nobody else out on, out on the court. So I'm right. hoping that, you know, avenues through social media and stuff like that can still help, you know, all student athletes that are kind of in, you know, seniors, juniors, sophomores, whatever, um, that they can still kind of get that ability to be seen without actually playing in a game. Right. No, that's a great point. That, that is a really, really nice benefit of social media. You do have that outlet where you can get your skills out there a little bit. So it's not mm-hmm. ideal, but at least in the meantime, it's something that can maybe bridge that gap between, you know, themselves and the colleges that they're, they're trying to showcase themselves sure. to. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to be respectful of your time. I don't want to take up too much of your time. So I, I'll ask you this last question. It's the one we try to end uh, each show with. Uh, 
and you've been with the character combine for quite a while. So I'm interested in hearing what your perspective is. What is character to you and why is it so important for coaches and athletes? Um, something that I tell my players all the time, you can, you can ask them is uh, I tell them that you're trying out every day. So I use it in a basketball sense where um, I've mentally cut a student athlete from the team in April because I had them in class and they were, you know, a total jerk and didn't show, you know, that, you know, wasn't presenting their best self. And it wasn't just like having a bad day, but it was every day type thing. Um, so even though tryouts aren't until the following November, you know, you're always, you're always trying out whether it's for the coach. Um, I've had girls or, you know, student athletes in the past make the team because of something they did, you know, in a summer league game or whether it's, Oh, Hey, I'm going to help out with this fundraiser and stay an extra three hours, even though I don't have to mm. like, yeah. Even stuff like that, those little things, it's not all about who can shoot the best and pass the ball the best or dribble the best, but you need certain pieces on the team to help it, you know, kind of have that perfect circular, um, you know, frame, so to speak. Um, so I, I tell my team that all the time that they're always trying out to kind of keep them aware of, hey, other people are looking at you, so you don't want to, you know, have a bad day in front of other people. And now I've started telling my, my students this, like on the first day of school, I tell them the same thing. You're always trying out. Yeah. You may not be trying out for girls basketball for me, but maybe you're trying out for a letter of recommendation in two years from me, or maybe, you know, you're in the library and the librarian overhears you talking about how you're looking to buy a used car and she has a used car for sale, you know, that's sitting in her driveway. Well, if that librarian sees you, you know, being a knucklehead at school every day, you know, we're all human. She may not, you know, want to give you that information, even though she could benefit by selling her car. So like, there's just so many things, you know, younger people looking at you, whether it's younger classmates or like, if I bring my kids to a practice, you're trying out for them too. Like, I want you to put forth your best effort or your best self every day. So I'm always constantly reminding um, my teams and now my, even my students that you're trying out every day. So that would kind of be my definition of characters, like putting forth your best effort, no matter the situation. I love it. That's a great way to end. Where can they uh, follow you, your team on social media, all that stuff. I don't know if you want to put yours out there, but at least your team. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they can look at some food. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> for me personally, it's at coach Norman. That's basically Instagram is where I'm, I'm, Basically, you know, I, I put all that stuff um, for the team, for our girls basketball team. We have kind of like a weird. Uh, it throws under- me off every time. I don't want to say it, but. <laughs> yeah, so it's it LC. It's at LC underscore Lady Cards underscore BB. And that's on Instagram as well. Also on Twitter. So um, those are ways that they can that they can see that that stuff. Awesome. You guys can follow us on Twitter at Sports Character, on Facebook, Character Combine, on Instagram at Character Combine. And uh, you can also go check out some previous clip or uh, past clips from events we've done uh, on YouTube as well. Uh, Coach, man, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm really hoping that, you know, there's a, a massive turnaround with everything that's going on and that we'll get things back to 
you know, more normal and that you guys will have a season and, and we'll continue to see you guys be successful. So, um, yeah, man, I appreciate the, I appreciate your, your passion for both coaching and character and, uh, your, all the support you've given us over the years, man. We'd really do appreciate it. Well, it's been awesome. I'm, I'm so glad that, um, even though character combine stopped doing their, um, combines that you, especially you, since I've kind of had that connection with you and you've come out and spoken to my teams that you've been able to find this platform and kind of keep it going. Um, it's, it's been awesome to listen to these podcasts. So I'm really, uh, appreciate appreciative to be on this with you guys well thank you man i definitely appreciate the kind words and i'm gonna pretend like you were just talking to me uh because that's <laughs> not here so <laughs> i've never awesome. been there but i'm sure she's great if she's you know she, yeah, she's she's okay she's <laughs> she's gonna hate this she hasn't been here for a few episodes and i've just been talking trash this whole time it's really a beautiful thing i just get to say this without any uh, resistance it's awesome <laughs> sure so anyways coach man uh, i appreciate right. it stay safe and stay healthy all right, appreciate it.